With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Need advice? Want to know what a pro would say? Get all the answers you need from professionals in this Fox 4 podcast. Ask the Experts. Welcome to another episode of Ask the Expert on Fox 4. I'm your host, Hannah Guthrie. And today, my guests are talking about senior living because we're all getting there. Really think about it. Once you're born, you're on your way to senior living, <laughs> yes, if you live long enough. <laughs> yes. I have Jill Lamb and Judy Baxter with Westchester Colonial Village. Yes. And before you came on the air, we were talking about a 90-year-old man who was talking about the three stages mm-hmm. of transition. Right. He called them benchmarks of senior living. Yeah. And it caught me off guard and I was very curious as to what he was meaning. And he said, um, as he was aging, he determined three benchmarks, kind of pivotal turning points in his life. And one was retirement. One was when he needed to move from his home. Um, And in his situation, it was after the death of his wife. Mm -hmm. And then the third one was uh, when he gave up driving. Which is so hard. It Mm -hmm. is. It is. And so Jill and I Mm -hmm. uh, see that in our day-to-day experience with our prospects, with our residents. And um, I don't know that everybody necessarily puts it in those terms, but there there are kind of indicators, you know, of, of when it's time to change, when it's time to sell your home when it's time to move to independent living or possibly onto assisted or healthcare. And I know for, for my husband and myself, we had personal experience with my mother-in-law um, and her story, everybody's journey is different, but her journey was that she um, had been living independently, had some significant health decline and was hospitalized. And upon discharge, my husband had to have the conversation with her because she was still thinking she was going to go yeah. go back home. And my husband had to have the conversation with her and say, Mom, you have two choices. And they are independent living with home health coming in, or you can do assisted living. And this is the community, and you choose. You know? and <laughs> yeah. so, so what did she choose? <laughs> uh, that go-around, she chose assisted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she, she chose that. And it ended up to be a longer-term uh, decision for, but um, you know everybody's situations are a little bit different, and, and journeys are all different. Yeah. Is there a certain age? Because I know a friend of mine, mm-hmm. her father, uh, who recently passed, and he was ninety nine. Yes. Now, when he was in his early nineties, late eighties, early nineties, he was ready to go to an assisted living facility. He mm-hmm. was talking to his wife about this is what we need to do. Right. She didn't want to do it at the time, and then later when she was ready, then he wasn't mm-hmm. ready. Yes. So how do you reconcile those two things? I think the biggest point I think that families should really consider, and I'm reaching this out to families as well as the actual senior themselves, is to try to be really proactive. Um, mm-hmm. This is something that Judy and I talk about often. 
be proactive versus reactive because it will allow for such a better experience for the entire family. So well before they're even considering an option, they're still really functioning in their home beautifully, preparing their meals, managing their um, day-to-day life beautifully. Have that conversation and just lay it out on the table and say, mom and dad, you know, what do you guys see for your future? Where do you want to go? Is independent living maybe something we want to start looking at, you know, because we are only getting older, so right. maybe you want to have those choices um, prior to having a sort of a reactive situation where you have to do something. Um, I see the age group really range very broadly, actually. Um, in my particular community at Colonial Village, I have um, some that are in their early 60s. and oh, wow. a gentleman. That seems young. It does, yeah. right. And a gentleman all the way up to 99 that moved in at 98. Mm. And so we all age differently. And a lot of times couples will age differently. So I see very often couples come in because one is just really having a hard time managing the laundry and the cleaning and the um, the, the meal, meal prep. And they come from a generation where the husband never did that. So when she's not able to do this any longer – he's still very good. He's still golfing and driving and everything. He's like, I want my meals, you know? And she's like, I don't want to do it anymore. So they move in together and they can really um, enjoy the community to its fullest. And then some people choose to really wait until they really have to do something. Like they Um, fall and break a hip. It seems like it always happens. Exactly. So that's kind of what we're here to discuss is how we can mitigate some of that um, reactiveness and maybe have a little bit more of a proactive plan in place. Because when it's proactive, it allows for more choices. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jill and I have been talking, and a lot of it is having conversations, starting Mm -hmm. those conversations. Um, Sometimes it's the adult children saying, we're not saying move tomorrow. Right. um, But just planning. And um, we've joked about it in the industry that there's, you know, certain segments of the market and some of them are planners. Some Mm -hmm. of them aren't even thinking of moving for five years, but it's the idea that they're gathering information. They're, Mm -hmm. they're doing their due diligence. They're seeing what's out there and available and, and kind of deciding what type of community that they would like. Mm -hmm. So So if you bring it up to your parents and can then they take them to you and let you do the heavy lifting as far as explaining. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because you don't want to tell your parents what to do. I right. mean, they're your parents. You and know? that's why it's like before you even, this is nothing that we're even considering anytime in the remote future, for example. Right. If that's the way to present it to a really healthy couple or a healthy individual that's living in their home and managing beautifully. But let's just go have fun with it. Let's have this in our back pocket. So I know if there is something that happens or if one of you, say if it's a couple of the parents, one of you does pass, we know where we can go. And it'll give both of the couple and the adult children that peace of mind, Mm -hmm. which I think is great. Um, So that's kind of the biggest thing. I think if you can become a planner, it's going to allow the whole family to get behind the idea, even if it's a couple years out. Um, I have a gentleman actually, excuse me. um, He is... He's been on my wait list for two years, and he's had his adult son living with him, actually. Um, And so he has now decided he's got himself – they're getting ready to separate. They're going to put the house on the market, and he's finally, finally, finally getting excited about it. He has been really grinding his heels in to make this move, and when we found out we had the first floor – Facing south, one bedroom, <laughs> and the what sun. Yeah, and the sun has was so patient with him. They have come by probably twenty times, and it's the same tour, same conversation. And it finally took that twentieth time for him to decide to do it. While he yeah. still is in healthy, good shape. How old is he? He is in his seventies, actually. Okay. Um, does have a diagnosis of Alzheimer's, and so he's aware that he needs to be somewhere and feel safe in the environment as his his needs change. Um, so how do you help people? Because I don't know the difference really between dementia mm-hmm. and Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously I think Alzheimer's is more serious, right? 
Dementia is actually the big umbrella statement for um, many different, I believe there's over a hundred maybe uh-huh. different types, and don't quote me on that. Okay. <laughs> um, but there's many different forms of dementia, and Alzheimer's is a branch of the dementia right. umbrella. It's a type of. It's a type. So they have like Lewy body dementia. They have um, Alzheimer's. They have a frontal many temporal. frontal topral. Yes. So there's a many, many different kinds. So when Do you, we all kind of get dementia at some point? I mean- under it's, that umbrella? You know, my grandma was sharp as a tack with absolutely nothing. But oh, her, okay. her, unfortunately, it was more her body, the physical, that was harder for her as she aged. So it's it's hard to say and predict, but it's great to plan ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's another planning point um, to mention that if you are looking for an environment to move into, it's nice to know that they have all levels of living, right. including dementia care and uh, memory support if that need ever comes. Right. Yeah. And by planning, it... it takes away a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. It takes away the stress for the individual themselves or the couple. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes away the stress for the adult children, some being local, some being right. out of town. Um, so it's about education. And Jill and I both feel very strongly that our roles as marketing directors are to educate. Yeah. Um, and you know, while we hope that Colonial and Westchester are the fit, right. it may not be. And so we want to help somebody find, find the best now, fit. Now, why would your two facilities not be a good fit? Why would, well, when would I mean, you turn somebody away, I guess? Oh, that's a great. I mean, that's a wonderful question. I mean, every single, and is it okay for me to answer Judy real quick? Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Jump in. Um, and everybody has, it's kind of um, like apples and oranges when you're comparing senior living. So I think it's ultimately the gut feeling of the resident and the family. What is the fit for them, the feel? Some people have a certain aesthetic that they want to see in the building or size is a big um, indicator for them. Cost. Um, cost, of course. We have the buy-ins and the not buy-ins, all of those things. Um, now, from an acceptance standpoint, we would do an assessment for assisted living and for our long-term care area just to determine that we can, in fact, meet their needs. Most of the time, we can. Um, There's very few instances that we may not be able to. um, And at that time, like Judy was saying, we can become a resource for them and say, you know, I think this might be a better fit for you. Um, yep. So how do you deal with couples who, like I mentioned my friend, yep. one wants to go on and the other doesn't, and do you have a way of bringing them together if maybe the adult kids can't, but something needs to be done? That's the beauty of our communities mm-hmm. being continuing care, because while the hope would be that the couple could move together into, let's hypothetically say, independent living, if if there were a situation where their needs were so diverse um, and they needed different levels, that's the beauty mm-hmm. of a continuing care community such as ours. Yeah. Because one could move into independent living, one could move into potentially health care if necessary, um, and still be within the same community, still able to visit one another, eat meals together, that kind of thing. Could you have somebody in independent living and then have assisted living helping the person who needs it more as opposed to that person going over to assisted. Do you do in-home care, I guess, in the independent living spot? We do, yes. So, And I see that often, too. Some people have – there's the ones that are really proactive, and they move while they're still in great, great shape, and they can really be independent, truly. Um, And then some, and that's totally fine, too, choose to stay out in their home as long as possible but are still needing a little extra oversight and care. They can bring in a home health service that can offer that kind of assistance for them. Um, And we have a lot of partners Mm -hmm. that we work with that we as a company and a community feel aligned with with our culture and how we care for our residents. Yeah. Um, so we would just recommend that for them. Um, but it wouldn't actually be our community. It would be a, a third party that would come in. Okay, because I didn't know if like, a couple could move into your residence mm-hmm. as an independent and then hire 
outside. They could, yes. So they could do that. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. that way they could still be in the same room together right, if right. the need, if, mm-hmm. if right. it still worked like oh, that. Oh yeah, very yeah. much so. And they could, home health and even hospice services can be an independent living. Um, there's no, um, no, dis, you know, nothing wrong with no. that. No, what no. about pets? Yeah. Pet friendly. Very yeah. pet friendly. I Absolutely. I think that's so important because people love their pets. They treat mm-hmm. them like kids. I mean, yeah. we did our dog, you yes. know? Yes, yeah. And I think there's a comfort to a pet. Yeah, right. exactly. Especially when people get older. Right. I have a, a pet in our community named Lily, and she's adorable. And it's so funny because her owner calls, she a turtle? Um, <laughs> no, it's a dog, <laughs> a actually. Dog. <laughs> it's a, a little guy, okay. um, a little girl. Um, but she calls, the, the owner of her calls this couple the grandma and grandpa because they're Aww. like, come to grandma, Yay. come to grandpa, Aww. this little folk. And my dog, Rowdy, comes with us to the community, runs the place. So right. very much so pet friendly. It's going to feel like home for you. It may take some time to start that feeling of actually feeling like home, but it really does happen. Um, I'm happy to say all of our it residents does. consider the community that they live in their home. And it makes you feel good. It does, um, yeah. You know, it, I, I'll tell people, you know, you have to give yourself a period of adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not the first night in, you know, that you right. go, oh. Um, but it it just does something to my heart mm-hmm. to hear a resident who's been in the community a couple, three months and say, I'm home, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or that their adult children will stop by my office and say, you know, mom came over for dinner and we brought her back and she said she was, she was done with dinner and enjoyed the evening at our house, but she was ready to go home. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and it's I like, okay, this, that's good. That's what, yeah. what we're all about. It is. Now, it's important to have pop-ins, isn't it? As mm-hmm. far as the adult children to mm-hmm. check and make sure Absolutely. their relatives, because you hear horror stories. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. No, we encourage that mm-hmm. as well as walk-ins mm-hmm. on, on tours. Yeah. I mean, definitely. It's all about the ambiance. You can tell so much by the feel you have when you walk into a community. And just seeing the staff, how they interact. Are they smiling? Do the residents look nice and put together um, or just look healthy and cared for? Um, So we definitely encourage that. We're a 24 by 7. I mean, this is our residents' home. So Mm -hmm. if you're a visitor, family member coming, you, you don't have any visiting hours. You come and visit as you want, for sure. Yeah. So you don't have people just propped up in wheelchairs, like leaning over. No. Because you see that sometimes and it breaks your no. heart. It's just, yeah. And that's the thing. Because I don't want to see that in the lobby even. No. Just, it, it makes you sad. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's about being due diligent and going out and taking a look at all the communities. You know, that is what you should do. And, yeah. and I think the seniors a lot of times have that perception of those 70s nursing homes that unfortunately many of us had a family member in. Um, but when they come out and see what senior living is today, it is absolutely nothing like that. Um, now, there are still nursing environments like that, I will say. But for the majority, it's a very vibrant, um, clean, healthy, um, engaging, engaging um, it, vibrant as the word I would say mm-hmm. for the community. So, so yeah. it's no different than when you have an apartment complex and yes. it's full of like, uh, you know, young adults and right. they've got the pool and they're having a party. Yes. So this is just for seniors, right. but kind of the same I've feel. had residents say, um, and just like be giddy mm-hmm. and say, it's like going you know, starting college and moving <laughs> into the dorm. I I and they just get so excited. Do they have keggers? <laughs> I really it's did called wine parties. Yes. <laughs> wine parties. Okay. Yes. And we have a resident council. They put this on just themselves, my independent living. There's six of them. They put it together. They have council meetings. The residents can come to them with questions or suggestions, things like that. So they really have taken it on as um, they are invested in it being a beautiful place to live as mm-hmm. well. Um, we even have an ambassador program. So when someone's brand new moving in, well before they're moving in, they've actually gonna already have been in touch with somebody from the community um, and helping them to kind of navigate this new world that they're moving into. So it just it's a 
a big family. It really is. And um, it's a great time mm-hmm. um, just to start a new chapter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's one of the most yeah. um, fulfilling parts of our job is to help them start a new chapter in life, whether it's an independent or assisted or even healthcare. Yeah, Did absolutely. the ambassadors bake them a pie? You know, in neighborhoods, when the yes. new neighbor came in, yeah, somebody we bake have them a pie. New resident <laughs> gifts. Yeah, yes, we do. Oh, there's a whole, yes. And, and it's all different based on, is it a man? Is it a woman? Um, it's my job to kind of get the ambassador um keyed up with the person I think that will be the best fit. So a lot of times if it's a gentleman, I want another man to kind of introduce him and get him acclimated. Or a hot um, woman. Yes. One of my residents is very excited about her neighbor moving in who's a man. So um, <laughs> He's cute. Yes, yes. So, you know, it's just fun. It's a lot of fun. Do you um, find a lot romance? I mean... There's uh, some. There is romance. some. Yeah, there is. Which is nice. It's I haven't sweet. really had a lot that I'm aware of in my community yet, but right. I'm holding out hope for it. <laughs> it's but it does happen often, very much so. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. sweet when it happens. Yeah. So and tell us about the assessment process, how mm-hmm. that all works. Yeah. Did so, um, sure. Well, I'll back up a little bit before we get to that and talk about kind of some indicators of when people might consider uh, to be a good time to move mm-hmm. um, into assisted living or excuse me, independent living, um, I would say more for social reasons a lot of times. Um, if somebody has is realizing they're not getting out as much, maybe not going to church, mm-hmm. um, maybe a lot of their circle of friends have passed away or have moved um, to a community themselves. Um, you know, so their social circle is is getting smaller and tighter. And I'll add in there real quickly too, also the adult child. A lot of times these they're in their home that they raise their families in and the adult child has moved to a different area within the city, for example. Mm-hmm. I have a lot that have come like the Prairie Village area. Well, now their adult child lives way out off 135th in the um, West, you know, South Johnson right. County. So they want to get closer to them yep. so that the grandkids can pop in and things like that. That's yep. another big That's one. That's a big mm-hmm. one. And so, you know, sometimes with that uh, socialization aspect um, and so a community is going to mm-hmm. provide them more camaraderie. And I have numerous examples where people will move into um, the community that I'm a part of and and realize that their next-door neighbor, backyard neighbor from 40 years ago Aww. is in the same community. Mm-hmm. And so they're able to reconnect, you know, and what fun that is to share those memories and those stories. And then the kids come to visit and, you know, they're yeah. all adult children, but they're able to visit. So um, as far as independent living, those are some kind of keys to look at. Um, Mm -hmm. Jill and I, uh, when we were talking previously, you brought up the maintenance idea. Yeah, definitely. So even though they may be in in still very great shape, um, they find that it can be very overwhelming having to manage the handyman's coming in, calling into this, you know, the cable provider when the television's not working, um, getting the remote control, working the remote (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Getting that, that darn garbage can down to the street when it's time for the mail or the post garbage (laughs) (laughs) getting the mail (laughs) no but all of these things become just a little overwhelming or maybe not even overwhelming they're just tired of doing it and they've been doing it for 50 60 years and they're ready for a little bit easier daily life and Mm -hmm. so that's when I see the independent living come in I actually got a note from some of my independent living residents and they just wrote down what they were thankful for when they moved into our community and the big ones were I don't have to cook any longer I'm not cleaning my house all the maintenance is provided the grounds of the building are completely groomed and beautiful I don't have to manage that. Mm-hmm. I've met some new friends. So these are what independent living are ready to get kind of, um, t- they're, not, they're tired of managing that themselves. So they're doing the cooking? We do and provide you, you offer that. Provide mm-hmm. meals. So what the community offers and provides is 
for them to still enjoy those things, they're right. just not responsible for exactly. it. Exactly. And and so I feel that in a lot of ways, by moving to a community, they're regaining some independence because mm-hmm. they're regaining that freedom of not being responsible, but but able to enjoy it. Um, I'd and, say and do the same, do the fun things that they like doing, yes. playing the bingo and or helping with the the trimming of our little uh, flower pots out front. But knowing they're not getting the dirt into the pot and planting the plant, they're just able to kind of relish in the fruits of the labor without doing all the labor. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I would say some indicators that maybe it's time to consider a move to assisted living would be if somebody is falling, maybe becoming more of a fall risk, um, maybe needing a little bit more assistance with medication management. Um, I know in our situation with my mother-in-law, um, we would go and it was very evident she hadn't taken her meds. Because she would just forget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And or overtaking medications and taking thinking you took your morning meds and then re- a couple hours later you forget and then you take them take again. Them again. That can Very be dangerous. as detrimental as not taking them at all. Right. Um, and so those are the types of indicators that I think an individual or the family and, you know, coming by and seeing that here's the med reminder pillbox and, oh my gosh, it's the end of the week and there are five days of meds still here. Um, and that somebody may say, okay, we need to, we need to consider a move. Um, for healthcare, I would say when there are more clinical needs, I mean, mm-hmm. true clinical needs, care needs. Like if they're diabetic and they need insulin shots or more uh, care than just taking a pill. Right, yes. right. And Physical care, transferring, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, um, needing two people to help them up out of a chair kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, mobility issues, you know, when somebody becomes, you know, totally confined to a wheelchair, um, that kind of thing. Um, and so with assisted living and healthcare, that's where the assessments would be done. And it just gives us a benchmark of their um a baseline of their ability and and what their situation and care needs are at the time of of admission. Mm -hmm. And then that way um, it gives our clinical team uh, the information that they need. Um, When somebody is coming into giving an example of somebody being hospitalized for whatever reason, uh, they're going to be working with a discharge planner um, upon discharge from the hospital. And so the discharge planner and the social worker, based upon the medical advice of the physician will say, you know, discharge to a rehab, discharge to a long-term care, um, you know, maybe no longer able to live independently, that kind of thing. And so, and then the discharge planner from the hospital oftentimes gives a referral list of communities. um, And then that, that's how we see a lot of our leads come in. Do you have a practice script for adult children to bring it to their parents like again you don't want to tell them what to do and it's kind of awkward and yeah um you don't want to hurt their feelings or make them feel like they're feeble yes especially your dad yes right. yeah know? right very much so oh there is such a such a wealth of information out there not only within our websites um there's checklists um different things ways to talk to your parents about how to bring up the subject even um so i would say you can just do all kinds of research on different little ways to interject some conversation um even casually maybe bring some things up um, as you see them and so i we always say go to our websites or even just start if you have the conversation a lot of times i'll get a call from somebody and says okay i haven't even talked to my mom about this yet i want to know what we have for options before i even 
yes. begin to um, broach the subject with her. So there is so much out there and it can become overwhelming too. So going to a few communities that you feel like you really think this might be a fit and trusting the person that you're working with to help you navigate it um, is a good recommendation that I would offer. I'm working with a family right now where uh, three siblings and two in-laws. Um, oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically five adult children is right. what it amounts to. Um, but they've been doing the research uh, for the parents. And um, as the story evolved, um, the parents had actually come in and toured with me a year ago. And then, you know, fast forward to a couple of weeks ago, here the three adult children, two in-laws came in and we're talking and I'm... Uh, I put it all together. You're remembering. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, well, yeah. wait a minute, you know. Um, but the adult children were taking Jill's approach. And, mm-hmm. you know, they said, we're, we're doing all of our due diligence. We're doing all of our homework. We want all the facts. Mm-hmm. There have been multiple visits, multiple phone calls, so that they had all the facts. And they had it straight in their head. Right. And then uh, last night they were going to have the conversation with their parents and uh, move forward to move into the community. Do you yeah. ever have a problem with the adult children? Like, so one sibling goes, yes, mom and dad need to go. All and the, the other time. goes, no, we're not putting them in our home because we promised. And then right. there's that conflict there. And then somebody feels guilty. Yes. How do you deal with that? Oh, goodness. <laughs> Be a good open listener um, to how they're feeling. Um, I think ultimately what ends up panning out is what's going to be right happens and it's going to be a detriment to the senior, to the resident, if they don't do something. Um, a lot of times I find that the person that's out of town, and no offense to, I'm not trying to stereotype, but a lot of times the out of town um, adult child who doesn't see mom every day, right. but she sure talks great on the phone, <laughs> you know, and she can cover up a lot of that thing. Um, but then the one that's in town, that's the one that's actually delivering the groceries and seeing Take how mom. Take him to the doctor's yes. right. everything. Yes. So that yes. is where they have that. And so I'm always happy to be the middle person just to kind of share how I feel as a senior professional when I'm speaking to the family here locally and when I look at the mom and when I kind of have those conversations. So I just offer myself up um, yep. and I always encourage them just to have family meetings about it, you know, um, and maybe make a checklist of things. We have some checklists on our website. Like here's the comparisons between independent and assisted living. Which boxes are you checking? Okay. So literally this is on paper here. We need to get mom into assisted living. She's not safe in independent living right now. And then usually by bringing that conversation up, the one that's very um, adamant about not doing something is going to cave a little. You know, they, I mean, we all love our parents ultimately. And you want it just, what's best. Exactly. It yeah. just sometimes takes time, lots of patience. Um, and then I just always say, I'm not in your family, so I can be that middle person to kind of field it all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm happy to do that. Well, in family dynamics, right. you know, mm-hmm. it, it just, everybody has a different relationship. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah. There's just a lot to take into account, but mm-hmm. it, it's all part of what we do. Yeah. Do you ever have like adult kids just like, I really didn't like my parents. I'm just dumping them off and you take them. <laughs> we have every scenario you've ever imagined under the moon. Have you had something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, I have. Oh, it's it's heartbreaking. That. that is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, I'm happy when they get to us at least and we know we'll take good care of them, you yeah. know? Because then you're their new family. We are yes. their new family. Yeah. And um, it, it happens, you know, someone will come into town and take care of getting dad or mom to where they need to be. And I don't think they are, I, I always, believe in the best in people. Um, I think they're trying to find the best solution for them, but they know that they just don't have the bandwidth, bandwidth within themselves to be a care person and they, they leave and, you know. Or they might be out of state. Too. Exactly. And then we take care of them. Yeah, it and, happens. And then on the, the flip side, I'm working with a, a prospect that um, the man has no family. He's 92 Aww. years old, no oh, family. Yeah. And his too. neighbor um, is 
is stepping up and, and being that person to do the due diligence and find the right mm -hmm. community. Yeah. So yeah. it I, that's heartwarming. And, yeah. you know, there's yeah. good people. There is. Now, supportive services, I think you talked a little bit about because mm -hmm. you have hospice mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I guess meals on wheels or you tell Home people health. where to go Home is health. that part of your right we do we service. have a, we offer all meals in the community because we do have our three levels and this is the same with westchester village so independent living for us particularly is breakfast and lunch and then they always can order dinner from our assisted living dining area um and that's then, a good food it is good it food. is because you always have the, the stereotype we, is oh it's just yes. like bland mashed potatoes no no, no 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 we yeah. have 130 roughly to 150 residents that we're caring for um there's a lot of people and they have a lot of opinions and oh. <laughs> we really want to hear those opinions yes <laughs> and we have um dining programs in place we have um suggestions after every meal so you can make a suggestion and if we're seeing a lot of people are just not interested in uh, x amount you know x entree then we'll take it off you know right. so um we do strive very much to have a very good dining experience but anybody can have all meals provided in our community so right. that offers families and the resident a, a lot of peace of mind knowing right. that's taken care of and mm -hmm. hospice mm -hmm. um and you can receive uh, hospice services and independent assisted or health care yeah. i mean yeah. you, across the board within our community yeah. and we work really well with hospice agencies and and they provide a beautiful service yeah um or home health if mm -hmm. somebody is kind of on the cusp of maybe needing assisted living but you know whatever the reason, they're just not ready. Or in the example that you spoke of earlier, where it's a couple and one spouse mm -hmm. is totally independent and able to live for the, you know, care for themselves, but um, is providing more of a caregiver role to the other spouse. Um, that can, that can be very that can wearing. wear you down. That yeah, can yeah. be very wearing. Caregiver and, burnout. There's yeah. an actual and even expression. You love, you love yeah. that person dearly, but. Um, mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and sure. so that's where a home health agency can be very, yeah. very yeah. helpful. Yeah. Because I would never want to change my spouse's diaper. Right. I mean, I don't, right. there's certain things. Yeah. It's like you take away their dignity. Yeah. I don't right. want to do that. Yeah, exactly. Even if they don't know. Say they even have dementia. Don't know. Yeah. I just. Yep. You want to have them enjoy and maintain their integrity, but also maintain the relationship as husband and wife versus one person being their nurse or caregiver. Yeah. And that uh, that's something that I uh, point out to adult children is when your parents move to our community, you're able to return to being an adult child. You're mm -hmm. able to return to that relationship and come visit mom and dad as your parents, not and you. And at their home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, they, yeah. that is their home. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And not yeah. you coming as the caregiver and having to do the laundry list of laundry and shopping mm -hmm. and unpacking the groceries. Um, and it just lifts that burden right. of responsibilities. So yeah. with laundry, you do the laundry too. In our right? independent, or assisted living, assisted excuse me, and, and healthcare. And yes. then okay. independent, they have their own washer and dryer. Well, I kind of like to check in. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my husband does the laundry. Yes. Okay, right now. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> and he stops. I'm okay. in. You can plan. Yeah, you can be a right. planner. That's, right. Plan That's yeah. right. Very much so. Well, thank you all so much thank for you. coming in. So how can people call you or meet you or sure. uh, find out more about... Yeah. Uh, both of your facilities. Um, for Colonial Village, we are just www.colonialvillage.com. Um, my direct phone number for the community is 913-730-3700. Um, check us out online. We have our website, um, lots of information out there for you to um, also explore. And always happy to have people come by to check it out. And mine would be for Westchester Village. And our web address is www.westchestervillagelenexa.com. <laughs> 
Yeah. I know. It couldn't be much longer. <laughs> um, and my direct line is 913-825-9920. And, and you both will personally talk to me when they call me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So answer your phones. I yes. love that. Yes. Absolutely. You yes. want that human connection, Absolutely. not like press one for this. Yes. I'm in an extension. Yeah. Yes. yes. We, we answer our phones. Mm-hmm. And whether you come in the same day, you know, walk mm-hmm. in or call and schedule an appointment, we would love to meet with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you both for for coming in. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Join us next time for another episode of Ask the Expert on Fox 4.